0: Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge, and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. This week, I'm really excited to have Alice Taha. Hi, Alice. Hello, darling.
1: How are you? I'm pretty damn good today, actually. We're recording this on a Saturday, so I'm pretty chilled. And like I said, we've just been watching some crap TV and yes. had a nap on the sofa. So I'm pretty zen right now.
0: That is so good. I've had Yeah, we've had the same day before we hit record. We were both just bonding over the, the non-judgmental. TV watching space that we yeah. dive into on a Saturday.
1: We all need it. Any any aspiring person needs a bit of time where they do not have to be that person and can just jam in the comfort of their PJs on the sofa. Otherwise, where do we get the energy to keep going and doing all the cool shit we do?
0: Yeah, it's so true. We have to recharge. It's really, really true. Um, and that's something we're going to dig into. But before we do, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Cool.
1: Well, hello, I'm Alice. And uh, where shall I start? I guess we're talking about careers. So maybe I'll give a whistle-stop tour of my career. So I um, worked in marketing for about 10 years. Most recently, I was at Deliveroo. um, And I went on this marketing scholarship called the Marketing Academy. Any marketers in the room who are interested in personal development look that shit up because it's phenomenal. And essentially that completely turned me on to this amazing world of personal development. And I suddenly kind of realized that I had all of these dreams that I finally started to admit to myself. I always wanted to run my own business. And there were really powerful questions on there. Like, what would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you could press a button tomorrow and you would be where you want to be in five years time in your dreams. And I suddenly realized, well, if I want that to happen, I kind of need to make that stuff happen. Anyway, it took me on this incredible journey halfway through, halfway through, I mean, halfway through the marketing Academy, because I was um, well, halfway since the marketing Academy. So I'm getting my years because it was about three years since I was on the program. I went through what was probably the biggest crisis of my career um, at that point anyway, which was basically a demotion experience. So mm. I've been working at Delivery for about two and a half years, was leading the European marketing team at this point, thought I was Billy Big Bollocks with the big job at the mm-hmm. fancy startup. And that had become such a big part of my self-worth and my identity and my confidence. So then to be told, Alice really sorry but we need to bring somebody in above you it's not that you're not good you're just not quite ready for that role that Mm. role is becoming a director of the region blah 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 blah. and it absolutely knocked me for six and uh I went home and I cried to my mum and drank too much wine and was in a really bad place for a few months because I had got so obsessed with the vanity metrics of salary and job title as defining me being successful. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Jazz. Sometimes bad things happen for a reason. And the blessing in disguise of that situation was that I kind of had to look at myself in that moment. And I realized that I'd become distracted by the wrong things and asked myself why this happened. And I think the reason it had happened in part was because I wasn't playing to my strengths in that role. Like there are some elements of me that makes a really good marketer. I'm a good communicator, mm. blah, blah, blah. But actually some of the core super strengths that I had, being a good facilitator, leadership development, coaching, were not necessarily coming to life. Mm. So long story short, I was on this personal development journey. I loved personal development. And I started to kind of, I call in my world follow the scent of trying to do more personal development trying to facilitate more trying to build this thing on the side and i did speaking gigs and panels and podcasts and luckily because i worked for delivery people wanted to hear what we had to say and i was happy to be a spokesperson <laughs> and that kind of developed into a fully fledged side hustle i ran my first public facing workshop where people could buy tickets last january I started working with clients. I went down to 4 days a week at Deliveroo and then I realized it was speaking for ages and you just asked me to introduce myself and I basically just told you my life No, story. but we want this journey. <laughs> we want it. And um, that kind of uh, that kind of came to a head last May and uh, I was I got bad news that I was up for voluntary redundancy at Deliveroo. Again, thought it was going to be a disaster, but turned out to be an amazing blessing in disguise because it gave me the kind of push that I needed to go and take Badass Unicorn, my personal development consultancy, full time. And here we are mm, 10 months later. Yeah. And breathe. Catch your breath, love, because that was a monologue and a half. No, but we want the journey because I think all too
0: often we see... We see Badass Unicorn, we see you doing all the things, we see and we just think, oh, this just appeared, right? You rub this magical lamp, a genie popped out and said, like, what do you want to do tomorrow? And it all flips over. And it's just really not that. And I, even throughout it, just the way you sort of describe the, the experience, like the reality of the experience of that sort of demotion experience, which is, you know, we one thing that we have in common is our experience in the world of startups and tech. And those are some of the parts that people don't tell you that you could be like employee number 40, riding it out there from the beginning of the department and really growing it. And then there reaches a point where they go, we need a VP. We need to poach someone for a, from a huge company to, to ride us through the next wave of fundraising or IPO which by by the time you're listening, uh, Deliveroo is probably about there. I'm on their mailing list. So they pinged out a couple emails. I'm going to check them out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that's the reality of it. Like there's some decisions that are made for us and there's some places where we make our own decisions. Um, And even for those of you that are listening, this is actually our second time of recording. So we recorded probably... In the midst of that-ish, I feel like it could have been maybe May of yeah, 2020. May, June, something like that. Yeah, we sat down to record then and unfortunately the audio didn't come back um, great. So thankfully we're here again, but take us back to what that was like, that space where it was all kind of new, you just accepted the voluntary redundancy and now was on this pathway to build Badass Unicorn.
1: It was an amazing feeling because... I was kind of free to pursue this thing that I always wanted to do full-time at some point, but I just hadn't quite probably had the courage to do it. And I'd been working four days a week at Deliveroo up until that point. I'd managed to move from marketing to a learning and development role at Deliveroo. So I'd made some really, really good progress and I was charging companies to go and do workshops. And like I said, I'd done my first paid public course so I'd made good traction in the meantime holding down a four day a week job but I always wondered well what if what if I had not one day a week to do this and my evenings and my weekends but what if it was my full- time hustle so there was something very exciting and freeing about finally getting to do that and I remember like pinching myself and I still do it some days where I'm like holy cow this is my actual job like I sometimes don't think about some of the things I do as being work because I, mm-hmm. I find them fun. But also I'll be there like writing an email, which is basically me doing therapy on myself because it's so cathartic. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'll be like, I get to do this for a living. Okay. The email itself doesn't directly pay me, but it's part of an ecosystem that pays me an income. So there was, it was a hundred percent, this really exciting, freeing, oh my gosh, sky's the limit. I'm going to do this. Yes. Feeling mixed with absolute terror because I'm one of those people I get I've got quite a lot of fear about money from my childhood um I'm sure lots of people have fear about money for various different reasons and so the idea that I wasn't going to have that solid paycheck coming in every month whether or not I had a good month or a bad month whether or not I shipped what I needed to ship or I didn't Mm. was really terrifying to me um because I had bills to pay and a mortgage and all of the rest of it Luckily, I had a redundancy payout from Deliveroo. So I had that sort of buffet that I could dip into if I needed it. Yeah. Um, but the objective from the beginning ideally was, right, well, let's try and pay yourself a salary for as much like as you can and, and, and hopefully not dip into the redundancy savings. And if you have to, you have to. So there was definite fear in that first first three months the adjustment to self-employment I found really hard because I'm a real people person I love collaborating and suddenly you go from even in COVID times having people to talk to on a Monday morning how was your weekend to literally having no one and before that point I hadn't got any coping mechanisms to try and sort of mitigate some of the things that I didn't get anymore so it was really lonely um, i've never struggled with self-motivation so like getting up and doing a day's work was always kind of was always kind of okay but i really missed i missed some of the really nice bits that there are about working for a company and and having friends and of course you feel pressure when you work for a company because you need to do well mm-hmm. because you don't want to get fired or whatever but you also know if you've had a bad week or a bad month you're still going to get your paycheck at the end of it and i just that 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 really scared me. Yeah. Oh,
0: I can I I can only imagine what that feels like because I think especially at that point we didn't know how long we'd be in these sort of various stages of lockdown for as well. So there's an element of There was the uncertainty that there or the difficulty to then recreate your own sort of ecosystem of colleagues, so to speak. Right. Because there's lots of co-working spaces and communities and stuff that if we were in a normal time, you probably could have dove into a little bit, even if it is just like your local coffee shop. Right. Yeah. Having those spaces where it's like, oh, I go once a week and I'm around peeps. (laughs)
1: It's literally that um no you're so right and like I didn't know if it was going to work like here um, I was my side hustle had probably paid just about enough to wash its face my Squarespace subscription (laughs) um like whatever bits and pieces but it never needed to pay me a salary and now it's something like right well can I pay myself enough to live is this going to work am I going to be able to get enough work and I remember at the beginning there was one job I took on Originally, it was meant to be the core of what I did, and then this company basically wanted me to talk instead about instead of personal development, wanted me to talk about unicorn companies and how they grow and blah blah blah. Mm. And at that time, I was just like basically biting people's arms off for work because I didn't yeah. know if I was going to get anything. so I said yes. Um, and now I wouldn't say yes to that kind of work, I don't think, because I know that it doesn't energize me, but at that point, I was just like basically saying yes to anything and probably, well, I was charging, well, the workshops that I delivered now, I would deliver and the price I delivered them for was half when I first started mm-hmm. because I just didn't, I didn't even know. And like I had a sales deck, but was it any good? So it was all just very unknown. And although I had at least a year's worth of, working one day a week and I had done some paid work so it wasn't completely like oh I can't generate income Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to be able to generate the kind of income I wanted to and needed to and I didn't know how long that was going to take yeah it was a leap of faith but at the same time I was also looking around me thinking well there aren't that many jobs Uh, There certainly aren't that many jobs for someone at my level in learning and development with such an untraditional background because I had basically Mm. made my career in marketing. I could have gone back to marketing. I was just like, screw that. So I just, Mm. sometimes you just have to grit your teeth and go, I'm going to try and make the very best of it that I can. And that's what I did really.
0: Yeah, stay in the path. And I think that's what, I think, I think that that is a phase that, I almost say all, all of us, and I don't usually generalise, but when it comes to starting your own business, I know at least for me, so I'll I'll retract my generalism because it (laughs) might be the same for everybody. But at least for me, that first year was the year of yes. It was, you want me to do this thing? Excellent. Like what time should I send you some? Do you have like, I can do a slide deck. I could, Or it was just, you want me or you replied to my email? Yes. And it was a If I can do it, I'll say yes, keyword can. And then over time, I realized that actually that means that I'm spending time doing stuff that isn't lighting me up, right? You mentioned it as like energizing you, being inside your super strengths. All of that good stuff is actually important for staying the course. But I had to try enough stuff to feel that out to know I just finished a talk and I'm on cloud nine versus I just finished a talk and I'm kind of like, meh, it was a nice talk. They seem to enjoy it. It was okay, Um, And then once you kind of find that space, then it becomes um, a bit of an anchor. Right. And the last time we spoke, we spoke about North Star um, and kind of having that, having your sort of guiding anchor. um, And actually, since we spoke, I've then found mine. Kind of. I describe mine as a moonshot goal, but it's still a very ambitious thing that basically is the lens that I pass everything through. Will this get me closer to that? Will this help me impact people's lives in this way or, th- or that way? If not, it's a yes, no, it's a maybe later. Um, And thank you so much for sharing so openly about like where the business is now, right? Because we also don't like I will tell everybody when I start coaching, I charge £20 an hour. Mm. And that was huge for
1: me. Yeah. Yeah. The first workshop I ever delivered, it was 200 pounds. First speaking gig I ever did was 250. And I remember, um, I don't know if you know, Kirsty Hulse, the confidence coach, but if you don't, she's brilliant. She's so inspiring. And, um, she, she talked about this concept earlier this week that I posted on my Instagram called the wince and send, you know, that feeling, that imposter syndrome where you're like, rah, I can't send this. Oh my God. And then you're just like, I can't charge this. Ah!" And then you send it. And then sometimes someone might say no, but then someone's back and goes, yeah, that's fine. Like I remember the first time I ever charged for a client workshop and I was like, yeah, how does 500 pounds sound? Yeah, fine. Now I'm like, that workshop costs 1500 pounds, you know what I mean? But I have, you yeah. have to start somewhere. So yeah. um, I love the idea of the wince and send is of just like being afraid, but trying it on and seeing, seeing if it will go. Obviously you want to believe in what you're selling. You don't want to mm-hmm. sell dog food as caviar, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's okay to start even charging a hundred pounds or 200 pounds at the beginning feels like a big ask. Mm. And then it's only, you build your confidence up, you get more credibility, you get those testimonials and you can start to increase your pricing and feel more confident and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I loved what you said about the North star as a lens. And that was one of the things when I decided, am I going to take redundancy or not? That made Mm. me, and and, am I going to now go and try and do this full time or not? That made me think, yeah, I am because my North Star always looked like me running my own business. So here I was with the prospect of running my own business with a bit of a runway behind me with a redundancy settlement. And I was like, well, if I'd, if if not now, you know, that classic, if not now, when, if not me, who? Mm-hmm. Um, like, just go and give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out, you can get another job. But at least you can say you tried. Like, you don't want to live in regret that you never gave it a go. And here I am. I've just finished the year, and like I say this not to show off, I say this Mm. because I'm proud to be honest. And I think there's a difference between pride and showing off. But I made the same money this year as I did working for Deliveroo four days a week. And it's just like I never would have believed that was possible. (laughs) And I had so much doubt in myself about what was going to be possible. And look, it doesn't matter particularly about the financial amount, but Mm. it's more about the fact that if I hadn't tried, I'd never know that I could. Mm. And I could. Yeah,
0: 100 percent. Those are the like, those are the milestones, regardless of what the figure is. When you start out a business, getting it to pay for itself is like milestone number one. So the Squarespace is paid for. Yeah. Right. And if I need to get some post-its or some stuff to facilitate this workshop, I'm not like going eek. How are we doing this?
1: Yeah. Although, sorry to dump into you. I think step number one is before it starts paying for itself. Because there's that really awkward Mm. phase even before when you haven't even got a way to pay for the Squarespace membership. It's just like you're actually putting your own hand in your own pocket and you're not generating Mm. anything. And at that point, it is a bit just like, I'm giving all of this stuff away for free. I'm spending Mm. loads of time and energy on this thing. Am I ever going to see a return? But you need to Mm. put that first... Hustle in to then get to the second point, which is it washes its face to then get to the next phase, right?
0: Yeah, I feel like this is an infographic in the making. <laughs> I feel it. Um, if anyone wants to make that infographic, go for it. Tag us both. We'll share it widely because it's a conversation to
1: be had. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you funny you say that. I, I I talk about because badass unicorn came about because everyone wanted me to talk about delivery. Mm. it's a super cool company and I was working there and I basically wanted to talk because I love public speaking so I came came up with this frankenstein essentially that was how can we learn from unicorn companies like Deliveroo about personal growth so I could do both right um and uh one of the things I talk about in that talk and funnily enough the frankenstein ended up being an absolute beauty and has powered me through (laughs) but um I kind of, I mean, I, I talk a lot about finding a market in the gap or finding like a win-win opportunity zone. And that really was, mm-hmm. people wanted me to talk about delivery. I wanted to talk about personal growth. So I kind of created this thing in the middle to enable me to do that. Mm-hmm. But I talk about how startups grow. They go through this tinkering phase at the beginning where they're just figuring things out. Then they go through this uh, this theory called the blade years where they're testing, learning, failing and then they get to this growth inflection point, And then the hockey stick growth kind of just goes. Yep. And I think we can talk about this in the same way. You have to go through that really painful, hard, feels like nothing's working phase. Maybe it does, it, things are working, but in comparison to where you're going to get to, it looks really tiny, like your growth is really mm. tiny, but you need to go through that struggle in order to figure your shit out, to hit that growth inflection point and and, and get to storming success.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, we're sharing this as a message of hope, but also a message of, I guess, resilience and motivation not in a cheesy way but in a genuine way because I think even as you say that I just think of there are people that are on my mailing list today that have been on my mailing list since day one and those are the people who I remember where I met them right and those are the people who when I make a big change in the business that I'm hella nervous about Those are the people that reply back to the the newsletter and go, this is amazing. I thought you should have been doing this anyway. It's so amazing to see how your business has evolved and how you serve people is evolving. And it's like they aren't buying anything from me. But their presence and their engagement and just their energy is just so powerful. And it just reminds you that when you think that no one's watching, people are watching. And it's the the right people are watching, right? I'm not saying this to say do things like don't let people's opinions hold you back, but appreciate those moments, appreciate the people that are choosing to be there, right? They could have hit unsubscribe. I have no problem with anyone who unsubscribes. I do
1: not. It gives me <laughs> literal pain every time it happens. I'm still not over it. I don't think I'll ever get over it. So still- if you're not okay with unsubscribes, <laughs> it's okay. Why not?
0: It's okay. No, I'm literally, I think... I had to grow into that because when yeah. I started my mailing list, I was just like, oh, my preciouses," and I have to keep you there. And I just made this assumption off the bat that anytime anyone unsubscri- unsubscribed, it's because I upset them. And then I got to the point where I was just like, wait, I've got a lot of stuff that I'm subscribed to and I'm going to unsubscribe, but I'm still going to follow you on Instagram. Or I'm actually going to follow your profile on Eventbrite because I like your events. I just don't, I'm not inter- interested. And it's just like, well, we walk into WH Smith and we choose one book, on leadership over the other person's book on leadership doesn't mean that we won't ever listen to that other person's viewpoint on leadership it's just for right now this is the newsletter that I kind of want to be on but yeah I had to grow into that had to grow into that for sure
1: yeah Um, I think I think I think that's good advice I think that's one of the things that holds people back a lot is worrying about what people think of them mm
0: -hmm. and it's
1: probably my biggest it's my biggest challenge I'm like I, I think I should go back into therapy about it to be honest because I think I, like it's like next level um the way in which I think it causes me anxiety mm. but I think so often we're so scared of ridicule and I remember at the beginning like putting my first medium post out there putting my first video out on LinkedIn and being so scared and basically the reception was really freaking positive.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I'm sure there were people who were laughing behind my back being like, Pah, have you seen Alistair sticking her head above the parapet? Who the hell does she mm-hmm. think she is? But I never heard from them. I mean, I, I worry for, I watched, I don't know if anyone's watched it, if you've watched the Caroline Flack documentary. Um, no, I haven't watched it. its I mean, she, she was somebody who had success like, a lot of people dream of and yet she was so obsessed by what people thought of her it, it mm-hmm. drove her to uh, to just you know be in so mm-hmm. much pain and like I just I, I, I think we, we worry so much about the fact that people are laughing at us and that stops us from doing things and getting in our light shining brightness that mm-hmm. um if only we could just let some of that stuff go and I I I say this to myself as much as anybody else, we'd be so much freer and a lot of people would probably do a hell of a lot more because they wouldn't be worrying so much about opinions that don't even necessarily matter.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's such a hard one lesson. There's so many times I've done stuff and the response is just like, Jess, why didn't you do this ages ago? Like um, my side hustle course, I wanted to do that from the first year of my business because this isn't my first business. And I found myself helping people with this stuff anyway. But I was just like, no, what are people going to think? I'm literally, everybody doesn't know that this isn't my first business. So who's this chick like six months in trying to teach people how to run businesses? Um, And then when I launched it, I was just like, wow. And this is a phrase that I now say, there are people that are waiting for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. They are waiting Someone for who have. needs to hear your story. Like, 100%. there'll be someone listening to this podcast with some of the stuff that we're saying is just like ding, 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 ding. And mm-hmm. hopefully that's going to inspire them to take an action, right? Just yeah. in the same way that there are people that I follow and emails that I get from influencers that I admire who mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding for me. And Somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs to hear your perspective. That's going to make them feel less alone. That's going to make them go and do something that they wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah. Um, Like everybody, everybody has a voice that's going to be the music to somebody else's ears. Mm. I really believe that. 100%. And I love that metaphor as well.
0: Yeah. So many different hurdles ultimately. To going for what you want And like going for what you want Is a consistent process You have to get up each day And choose Choose the path Again and again If that makes sense And people talk about this In terms of relationships But I feel like it's the same When you decide to be an entrepreneur Or even if you decide that You know if you're in a traditional career Right Getting up every day To show up as the like Kick-ass marketeer that you were That's something that you have to You focus on And it comes with its own challenges And nuances um, and those are opportunities for us to learn and to grow more than anything else.
1: I think I, one of the tr- struggles that I hear, particularly from people that do my course, which is now mm. an eight week virtual course, having been face to face before last yeah. year, um, is like, what do I do next? Like they might have a good idea about what their North Star moonshot dream 10-year goal is. But it's like, okay, well, how do I do something in the next six months to get there? And how do I make sure that that's even really what I want? Maybe Mm -hmm. I think I want to run a business, but I'm not entirely sure. Maybe I think I want to go and do a complete 360 pivot and go and grow my own food in a sustainable farm in the countryside. How do I start testing and out that and Mm. I think that's often you get like analysis paralysis of oh is this decision right or is that decision right should I take that path or that path because we've all got thousands of decisions that we can make in any one week year month whatever and what I try and encourage people to think about is a concept I call follow the scent Mm. so like if you find something that energizes you that you want to do again Just find ways to kind of follow that aroma in any which way that you can. And as you follow that aroma, does that still thing give you more energy? Do you want to do it more? Does it make you want to find new ways to to, to build it? And each time just keep following the scent and sniffing things out. And at times you're Mm going to sniff something and you're going to be like, no, oh, I don't like that. (laughs) But then at times you're going to smell this smell and it's going to be really powerful because you're going to be doing something as part of this following the scent journey. That's going to give you more confidence to go and do more. And then, as you know, with every window, there's another door that there's another cat flap I don't know the, <laughs> my analogies have gone out the window here. I love it. there but is like an opening yeah <laughs> like that's that step is going to create another step and another step and another opportunity and another thing and it's just about keeping trying things and then once you start to get a bit more certainty mm. just keep trying to do more
0: yep yep it's literally that and I think that's a huge thing that I've realized in the past year that my all of my experimentation is now amalgamated in what I do today so it was none of it was ever lost it taught me so much but it also makes me doubly sure about the decisions that I make now because also I know that when it comes to making an impact if I double down on that stuff that's enough I think there's always this idea of is what I'm doing enough am I doing enough speaking gigs am I doing enough on social media am I doing enough talking to clients and you know am I doing enough um and that's been a huge lesson for me the past year is just step taking a step back getting my three-piece paper out mind mapping all the stuff all the passions all the strengths all the things that I enjoyed all the feedback all of that stuff and putting it together to say like what is what's the combination what's the recipe now Like, what is my recipe? You make a sponge cake 16 times. What is the recipe? Like, what's your recipe? Not anyone else's, but your recipe. And even that takes its own sort of confidence because there's times when you realise you want to do things completely different to how maybe people are used to. Um, But having a sort of strength in your convictions, you kind of need to be a little bit stubborn. Stubborn. Stubborn, the word that I want to go for. Stubborn has such negative connotations, but you just have to believe in what you're doing. And even if it's a work in progress, still believing in it, I I find will still get you to the impact that you desired in the first place.
1: Well, yeah, and and believe in the journey and believe in the stuff that you're going to uncover. And even if you turn over a stone and you don't like that stone, be like, okay, I learned from that experience. That's not something that I want to repeat. Maybe I'm going to try this thing or or that thing um, mm. because you, yeah, you're you're not going to get everything right. And I think one of the things it would be great to talk about is is also not having to do all of the things all of the time. My coach says to me, "You can do anything, but you can't do everything." And you and I just before we started recording mm. talked about. Like, I think one of the things that can feel really overwhelming is like, oh, gosh, I'm not going quickly enough. I can't do all the things. I can't juggle 16 balls at the same time while standing on my head. Mm -hmm. And like, at some point, we also do just have to square up to the fact that we're not super people and that like pick and choose the things that we do. And like, I, 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 I decided not to launch a new course that I was planning to do. Mm. And it really taught me a lesson in I've become, maybe this is a lesson in why not to pursue your dreams and start a side hustle, (laughs) but I hope not. I've become quite reliant and needy on me taking action and doing stuff for like that dopamine hit, that reward satisfaction feedback loop. Right. Because that's Mm -hmm. how I've got to where I am today. Seen something, tried it, been afraid, done it anyway. Next, 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 next. So I think I've become a bit addicted in a way to that feeling of just taking massive action, shipping something, even if it didn't work, I could feel good about the fact that I was doing something. And so actually in this case, being like, Al, you do not have capacity to do three client gigs next week and launch a brand new free course three evenings a week of content you've never delivered before. And having to say no and be Mm -hmm. like, yes, you might let some of your community down. Yes, you are going to maybe get a few less followers on Instagram because you're not doing this thing. And being okay with myself enough to say, you are enough. You don't have to do this extra thing was so hard. Oh my days. Mm -hmm. Like it was a real, it was a real crisis of confidence for me. and, 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 and something that I nearly walked into something I couldn't have handled just because I needed to prove to myself that I could keep doing all the things.
0: Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And even when you shared that with me before we recorded, you know, this very day, I was meant to do a full day workshop um, on my phenomenal career framework and I decided to cancel it. Because when I asked myself, why am I doing it? The only answer that remained was because I said that I would. I didn't have the energy. Um, I'd sent an email out to my newsletter kind of sharing what the breakthroughs that I'd had in some coaching sessions just around my feeling of overwhelm and how that kind of really stemmed from me either not having a couple of boundaries in place that I should have had or just letting go of all boundaries and just saying yes to absolutely everything and just go, 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 go. And although that has been my default. So I a hundred percent feel you on that, that my business is where it is because of my yes, because of my get up and go because of me being driven by just doing and doing the big scary things and going in that direction. You're scary. You look challenging. Cool. I'll have some of you that sort of attitude. But it got to a point where I was just like, I am on the edge. Like I'm looking at my calendar kind of partway hoping that some stuff gets shuffled or canceled and stuff did get canceled. And then I was just like, oh, I have a two hour window. And the old, the old me, And I say when I say old me, I mean the two weeks ago me Yeah, yeah, like that two hours. Then that means that I can do blah, blah, blah. But in that moment, I was just like, no, 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 no. Something has dropped out of my calendar. I'm just going to put in DNS. Do not schedule so nothing else can drop in. And I'm going to do whatever the hell I want in that time. And what that ended up being was just taking naps. Yeah. And I was just grateful. But I was just like. This is not how I want my business or my career overall to feel. I don't want to be wishing away things that I put there because I wanted them. So I have to adjust things so that if I'm doing everything, it's intentional and I'm wary of my capacity and I let go of this whole you need to be superwoman thing because even... It was inviting imposter syndrome because I always felt like I was just going from thing to thing to thing to thing. I was popping open the work laptop, then closing that one, then doing a webinar and then doing a talk and blah, blah. And not getting a chance to catch my breath made me feel like I was always behind, even though I wasn't. Like I literally had a meeting with my team in the day job on Friday and we were talking about our vision for the year. We had a slide deck, so we needed to do a bit of a SWOT analysis of the past year. And I this was Thursday night and I hadn't done it. And I said to my partner, I said, I'm going to get up at five tomorrow morning because there is no way that I can go into this meeting and I'm the least prepared. Um, and I got up and I did it. And I was the only person who'd completed the, the whole slide deck. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had literally done the most. And to a certain extent, I should have known that. Right. I'd had conversations about it and what the meeting was going to be. And it's more like brainstorming. But for me. Again, like I said, the imposter kicked in where it was like, you need to do the most. Yeah, But that was that was emotional. My manager didn't ask for that. My team didn't ask for that. Like, and even after she was just like, the presentation was amazing. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I got up at five o'clock because I thought it was going to be really crap. And um, yeah, I'm tired now. I'm just a little bit emotionally drained. Yeah, And, you know, I'm so happy that I can have these candid conversations with people around me where she was just like, girl, are you okay? Like (laughs) deep breath, deep breath. You know who you, I'd literally won an award at work that week.
1: And yet (laughs) you still didn't feel good enough that you had to wake up at 5am because you feel like you had something to prove, especially because you've got a side hustle. So you don't ever want people to think that you're not pulling your weight or you're not doing your hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The word pholic is such an archetype of the imposter.
0: Like oh, yeah, this. it's 100%. If, if I, I work harder book,
1: and do more,
0: then... I can cover my my traces. Then, yeah,
1: exactly. I'll <laughs> I, No one will be able to see my flaws because I'll just work through, work over it.
0: Yeah, it was literally that. And it was just a moment where it was just... And it was just so yeah, it was just so telling. And again, like some of you will know from the first episode of this podcast, I told you up until probably six months ago, I didn't identify with imposter syndrome in any way, shape or form. Then I learned about the five different types. And then I was just like, okay. So this isn't the thing that's with me all the time. I don't live in imposter, but she comes and visits me from time to time. And it's usually when when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I'm doing something completely brand new and again, I haven't carved out that time for me to nourish me, if that makes sense, and remind me of who I am. And a lot of the times that happens through coaching, but sometimes it's just through reflection, conversations with friends, you know, that sort of thing. It's very easy for me to get into my head. And when I get into my head, it's hard to
1: crawl out of my head. (laughs) <laughs> makes sense. but then but I some different people's imposter shows up in different ways doesn't it like mm. my imposter massively shows up when I compare myself to others on social media so mm. when I look at other influencers and or other personal development professionals and mm. I'm like oh my gosh she's got 1500 they've got fifteen i I'm completely useless nobody cares about what you have to say why can't you build your mm. following quickly enough but interesting that everybody has different triggers oh yeah um And and at least when we can start to recognize those triggers, we know when the imposter is chiming in and Mm. we can potentially start to have a bit more of a constructive dialogue with her to be like, all right, love, (laughs) I hear you. It's okay.
0: Yeah. It's literally that having a dialogue with your imposter is the best thing that you can do and just getting to know her a little bit better because she just wants something. She's kind of like a child where it's just like, why are you crying? Okay. Is it, Cause I need to take some time out. Is it cause you need feeding? Like, what is it? Yeah, it is you're in a child, child I is, isn't
1: it? I, I, I love the chimp paradox. I don't know if you've ever listened mm. or read to it. I love it. Um, and it really is just having a conversation with whether it's the chimp or the, the imposter <laughs> or my, one of my, um, one of my mentors names her, um, names her imposter or names her chimp. And mm. she called her Maud and she'd be like, all right, Maud. And just being able to like, <laughs> give that thing a name. Like I can tell when I'm going into fixed mindset, the mm. chimp, and I don't actually have a name for my, for, for, for that person. But I don't have a name. I can for actually him, articulate I it. Like <laughs> I, I, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm with my partner and I can tell something's triggering me, I'm mean, look, I'm sorry. I'm just having a chimp moment. Mm. And it just allows you just that label kind of then moves you means you can move on to the next phase, which is, okay, well, I don't want to be in that place. I want to think a different thing. How am I going to, how am I going to do that? I mean, this all sounds really lovely and lush and it doesn't always <laughs> work like this in practice. <laughs> it doesn't. Sometimes she sticks
0: around for a little while, peeps. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, the chimp practice. We're going to put all of the notes to everything that we've mentioned in the show notes for sure. But I'd love to ask you the question I ask everybody. mm What's your career, you know, what's your business teaching you right now? Mm.
1: As I said before, I freaking love this question. What a powerful (laughs) question. What's your business teaching you or what's the world teaching you? I think we should ask ourselves this every week or month just to ground ourselves and remind ourselves about what the universe has to tell us. Um, I think right now it's, it's about patience and perseverance. So I am impatient like I said, I look at people with an Instagram following 10 times the size of mine. And I'm like, I want that. I want to get there. And yet you forget that this time last year, I was still only doing this thing one day a week. And I was using my personal handle on Instagram when I've started a brand new account. And actually I've grown that massively in a short space of time. Um, so I, I think that's the big lesson that I need to take is that I think sometimes things take a while for a reason because each time you're learning and growing and you're kind of getting ready to level up. I remember Jay Shetty saying once, you can't go from level one to level 10 on a video game. (laughs) Like there's a reason why it's steeped. And that's because you have to learn the skills that you need in order to get to the next level, the next level, the next level. Mm. And like, I remember a couple of years ago as part of the side hustle and wanting it to like move forward more quickly. I wanted that like silver bullet that like, oh, look, I'm on BBC news talking about personal development and now everybody knows me. And I basically just fast forwarded five years worth of hard graft because I've had like a really lucky strike. And I think those do happen, right? But then when that happens, you probably end up in a situation where you're not quite ready for that success in that next phase because you haven't leveled up all the way along. So actually maybe it becomes much trickier for you to handle you don't have the skills you haven't built the resilience the armor whatever you want to call it so i think for me like just keep plodding on plodding sounds really boring but you know keep putting one foot in front of the other keep for me keep following the scent um and 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 sort of keep just keep up the good work and don't don't be distracted or put off by the fact that there are other people that are moving more quickly than you, or you're not exactly as far forward as you want to be. Because quite frankly, right now, there might Mm. be people looking at me thinking, wow, she's actually doing her own thing full time. She's paying herself the same salary that she would have been earning if she was in a full-time job. Like, oh my God, she is 200 miles ahead of where I want to be. And then I'm looking at the Jay Shettys and the whoever's in the world going, oh my gosh, they're a million miles from where I want to be. So we're always we're always looking up and thinking I want what they have when Mm. we could be looking back and thinking, look at how far I've come to get here. Look how proud I can be of myself for being where I am right now and thinking there are so many people that would love to be where we are in that moment. Um, So I think, I think perseverance and patience. And then I'm about to embark on the next huge personal development growth journey of my life, which is becoming a mother. Um, So I'm due to have a baby in August. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, my business, and I'm sure this is going to hit the spot with you, Jazz, has been my baby for the past three years. And so now this idea of taking leave taking my foot off the gas of saying no to work. Like I had to say no to a couple of things because I'll be on leave looking mm. after my baby. It's like, that is something I'm really struggling with right now because I'm impatient and I have all of this ambition and I've got this momentum. And now suddenly it's like, oh no, no. Like part of the reason I didn't do this confidence courses, I've got something growing inside me that I care about more than anything. And they're not here yet and I care about them being okay and that's going to take priority and I think that's going to be something I know I'm going to struggle with because I've waited to be a mum my whole life yeah. but I love what I do and having to have that be second fiddle is uh, yeah. I know it's going to be a challenge for me
0: yeah thank you so much for sharing that there's I just think of so many mothers that I know that are in business that go through a similar thing of like do I have enough love and energy to, to go around will I make the right decisions in that moment um so thank you so much for being vulnerable with that and we definitely wish you all the best And we're definitely going to catch up with Badass Unicorn and Mini Badass Unicorn.
1: (laughs) I know. Think about all the unicorn outfits that I'm going to be dressing them in. Um, Oh my gosh, yeah. They're going to become my my poster child for, for, for Badass Unicorn. And I mean, it literally is a personal development journey. I am developing a person. So I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot along the way. There's going to be some tears and tantrums of my own. So I remember my coach reminding me, because there I am like, oh, I need to hire someone so I can send out CRMs while I'm away and do my social media. And she was like, Al, your community follow you because they love you. You. And like, they want to know about what you're learning from being stuck breastfeeding at 4am in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that they're on this journey with you and they want to hear the, the, they want to hear this next chapter. So, um, so yeah, I will, I will look forward to giving you the gory <laughs> details in a few months time. Yeah, we'll be here for
0: that. Um, and just to wrap up, where can people follow this exciting personal development journey and all things Badass Unicorn? Where can we connect with you? Yeah,
1: so the best place to connect with me is probably on Instagram. So Badass Unicorn Co, I'm sure you'll link to it in the show notes mm-hmm. and all of the various places. And then you can sign up there for my email list where you can find out about the free workshops that i run and um yeah all that good stuff amazing
0: thanks I am so, so, so much excited. for having me gorge yeah thanks, thanks for fun. coming on and just being so candid i feel like we could talk for ages but it's okay we're gonna have you back
1: we could we could <laughs> all good okay. thanks all right darling see you soon then listening to this week's
0: episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the career clubhouse you can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops check the links in the show notes for more info As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.